It was now time once again for your episode enjoyment of VTSR with J.P. Cervantes and his best sidekick, Nate. I'm only saying that because Mike's not here. So sit down, strap in, buckle up. It's time to jump out of this plane because our wings are on fire and we got no engines. It's VTSR. You're a freaking clown, you know that? I'm more of a jester. Oh, my God. Man, let me tell you, Nate. Today, TVI was kicking in a full throttle, bro. Yours too? Man, let me tell you. Woke up this morning, right? I knew I needed to do some stuff. I got I to go and get some uh, flyers printed for Let's Walk It Out because we had an event at Fit for Life, you know, setting up a table, just informational purpose. So, no, I did not work out, but I ate all the pizza they had over there, by the way. Uh, delicious and some donuts that were amazing. But anyways, so I, go in the mo- so I go in the morning to get freaking... Uh, flyers get the flyers done and after that everything went to shit I gotta go and deposit a check from one of the sponsors right so I go to the bank I'm standing there you know I give my card I give I go like hey I want to deposit this in my business account and uh, and I got two business accounts so it's gonna be in the less walk it out and they're like oh, okay got it so I I give him the check I give him my my debit card and my ID and the guy looks at me and he goes like do you have our checkings, you know, debit card. And I go like, what do you mean ours? And he goes like, for this bank, you're giving me the one for Navy Federal. And I'm like, oh shit, well, yeah, give me my shit because I don't even have an account here. Uh, my bad for Brack Federal Credit Union. I got to go to Navy Federal. So, so I grab my shit. And I go to Navy Federal. And on the way there, I'm going like, why did I even go to Fort Bragg Federal Credit Union? Because I don't have an account or never even had an account there. Why did I end up at that bank? Don't fucking ask me. All right? I just, that's hilarious. I just started driving, and that's where I ended up. Yep. And, and, since I, yeah, and since I ended up there, I wanted to deposit my fucking check. How about that? Yeah. It's bank. <laughs> it's money. Put it in the same spot. It's digital. <laughs> Why not? Man, so that was just getting the day started. So... I come back home, you know, I, I get all that done, come back home, and uh, I had a meeting, and that meeting was at 3 o'clock, right? The meeting was at Elizabeth's Pizza. Now, there's two. There's one in Skyward Road and one in Hope Mills. Now, I knew the whole time, the entire time, I knew it was in Hope Mills. I knew that. I was talking about it. I said, Hope Mills. I got to leave early because I got to go to Hope Mills. But the Elizabeth's Pizza I always go to to eat all the time is the one next to my house in Skyboat. So I get in my car and I start yeah. driving. And without thinking about it, it was like auto, you know, autopilot mode. I ended up sitting in the parking lot and I'm sitting over there. Luckily, I left like 30 minutes early, right? So I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm like, shit. Now I got to drive to Hope Mills. So I get on the road. I go to Hope Mills. Get there. Made it on time. Why? Because I left early. So that's good. On time. <laughs> I lived there. I knew I needed to go from there to Fit for Life. So there I am. I get in the car. I'm on my way to Fit for Life. I open the door. I go in there and I tell the girl, it's like, excuse me, yeah, where are all the vendors at? And she's like, oh, our event was yesterday. And I go like, what? Yeah, the event for Customer Appreciation Day, it was yesterday. I'm like, huh, but I just I just messaged Anthony, one of my guys, and he was he was asking me uh, how much are the t-shirts? And she goes like, oh, if you guys want a t-shirt, I'll give you some. I'm like, no, 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 one of our t-shirts. Hold on, I'm confused. Let me give him a call. So I give him a call and Anthony goes like, 
I go like, where are you at? He goes like, I'm here. I'm like, where the hell is here? Because I'm here and there's no event. Like we're like one day late, bro. And he goes like, uh, at Fit for Life by uh, All American. And I go like, oh shit, I'm a I'm a four Bragg Road. Okay, I'll be over there in 10 minutes. <laughs> so I freaking go, bro. I'm telling you, man. Today is just not been a good day for me. Not a good day. Yeah. It sounds like you were running around in a circus of your uh, your own enjoyment. I'll tell you what, I was so mad too. And then oh, you I, get frustrated, don't you? I, I was frustrated. I was mad. I was on the way to Fit for Life, the, the second one, right? I'm yeah. on my way there. I'm I'm, I'm so mad. And uh, when I got there, I had to take two minutes in the car to just breathe. I'm like, because I don't want to go in there to an event where we're going to be talking to people or pissed off, right? So I sit yeah. in the car and I start breathing. And I go like, how about just laugh? Just laugh at yourself. You're a dumbass. Yeah. Just just laugh, right? So I just started laughing, man. And that's the way I, I get through it. That's the way I get through it, bro. I just got to laugh at myself. You have to, because if you get too frustrated with the stuff we're going through, you just start to shut down again, right? So you just, just laugh at it, enjoy it, roll with it. The only person who's judging you is you. You know, most people are like, oh, we're just happy you made it here with pants on. Well, anyways, that's what they say to me. But you, <laughs> they're just happy to have you there, right? And, and pants on and, and black silkies, that works too. <clears throat> yeah, black silkies, I'm always rocking in, in the Jeep. So that way, in an emergency, if I do forget my pants, I just throw those on. <laughs> And speaking of which, I will be launching my own line of them uh, next month. Oh, nice. In support of Let's Walk It Out so we can raise money to bring more Canadians down across the border next time. Is, isn't that going to be illegal, living in Canada? It's going to be illegal to live in Canada soon. I, I, I swear to God, I heard something on the news that Trudeau was saying that if, if you get arrested for demonstrating you cannot leave Canada after that. You're like banned from leaving the country or some shit like that. Yeah. And if you donated to the truckers convoy, your bank accounts are now frozen. And if you're American who donated to it, the FBI are looking into you. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's nothing else more important in the world right now for the FBI or any police department anywhere. Even your local sheriff needs to stop everything they're doing. To find those people that donated $25 for gas or gas cans to the Freedom Convoy. Or, or like, diapers for the daycare center that they had over there, too. Or the diapers or even, you know what? I want to know who had the gall to donate money to buy a bouncy castle for children. Yeah, that, okay. that only terrorists will do that. Only terrorists. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to re-identify as, um, a firm long-term American that's lived here for, um, I'm firm. Don't worry. Let's, let's take firm out of that sentence, but let's, let's, I'm going to identify as a third or fourth generation American. So that way there'll be no questions when I cross that border. I don't think know. I, can make it work? I don't know if, if we continue in this country the way the, we are. I might be living like crossing the border to Mexico. I'll be better off over there. All right, you've heard it. We're going to VTSR is going to Mexico. We'll see everybody there. <laughs> it's gonna say, 
¡Oh, bienvenidos a BTSR Podcast! ¡Ay, ay, 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 ay! ay. <laughs> anyway, Nate. Hey, Nate, uh, tonight in, uh, uh, on our podcast, we got an amazing guest. She's a great friend, and she is an awesome human being. That is Tiffany Betts. She is a, a mom, and no, a wonder mom, let me say that, because I don't know how she, well, she's going to tell you all about it. Because uh, she got, I think she got a basketball team or a football team. I'm not sure. I know she got a team of something, basketball, football, or baseball. I don't know. I think she got two teams. All those. All those. All she can do, those. She can all those but, teams. But anyways, she is a hard worker. She got her own business. You know, she's also a a a, a, a widow and a military spouse. I mean, you name it, she's done it all. So I, you know, without further ado, let's introduce our guest for tonight, Tiffany Betts. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. JP, I'm not quite a widow, though, thankfully. It was that? I said I'm not quite a widow. Thank you. Well, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, I know, I know. Um, yeah, so I'm Tiffany. Um, I'm originally from South Carolina. I am a mom of five, and I've got four girls. Yep, five. I've got four girls, and my baby is a boy. Um. Loved it at Fort Bragg for the last 11 years. Um, I'm in Augusta, Georgia right now. Uh, just trying to figure out life, I guess. Figure out what's going on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been married to two soldiers. Uh, one was special operations. One wasn't. So, I've kind of lived both sides of the houses, house with that. Um, my ex-husband uh, that actually got me to Fort Bragg, he passed away five years ago. So, we have two daughters together. And yeah, so I've kind of seen all the different aspects of uh, the military life. Didn't get to move around a whole lot, but um, other than that, I got to experience a, a good bit of just the trials and craziness of that comes with military life. So yeah, all my own business, and yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm I'm always on the go. I never slow down. Um, yeah, that's me. So, uh, Tiffany, uh, before we get into into all the military-related stuff, uh, yep. tell everybody was, what's your son's name? Because I just think that's an epic name that he got. Yeah, his name is John Wayne. <laughs> uh, yeah, his dad named him. I had nothing to do with that one. Uh, but when we found out we were having a boy, since the eldest four girls, Uh, he wanted to name him, and when he called John Wayne, I was like, no way, there is no way in hell you are going to name him John Wayne. And finally, uh, I was like, give me just five reasons why. If you can come up with five reasons, we'll name him John Wayne, and he did. So, yeah, he is so John you, Wayne. You remember those five reasons? Um, the only one I remember is that that he was uh, John Wayne was an amazing guy. He was an uh, honorary Green Beret or something along that line. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and that's well, he was he was the main Green Beret in the movie, the Green Berets. <laughs> and he had one of the largest gun collections. And the only reason I would think of naming my child John Wayne would be well, because John Wayne is epic and I'd have my my son living into big shoes and big goals for him. So, because it's John Wayne, right? Oh, yeah. Every generation needs a John Wayne. Well, yeah, and he's so funny. He'll, he'll say now, he's like, but I, I'm John Wayne, but I'm not the famous John Wayne. So he makes it really clear. It is pretty funny when 
Yeah, people try to call him John. He's like, I'm John Wayne. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He don't like he don't like the short short name calling. You better call him by his full name, John Wayne. He don't like that, John. No, mm, mm, mm. John Wayne. He's following in footsteps. He he puts like um he'll put bags like he'll strap bags to his back like grocery bags like jump off the bed like he's parachuting. He's obsessed with guns. Like I did the boy is. I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't grow up to be a, a soldier. I will be really shocked. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tiffany, with the military life, uh, I know that because we, we've spoken about this before. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about one day when we went into this big, long conversation, this long tangent, uh, we were talking about that, you know, a lot of spouses or, you know, when, when a soldier dies, whether it is, you know, suicide, whether it is combat, whatever that might be, the families initially get all the attention, right? Which, which they should, right? They deserve. Uh, they get all the attention, you know, it's all about them. Gold star families, gold star families. You know, you walk into a shop, you walk into a bar, everybody knows like, oh, that's gold star wife or girl star son daughter whatever that might be right but a lot of people don't realize that nobody pays attention to the teammates or the other soldiers that serve with them nobody pays attention to them nobody really cares for them in the sense that they also lost someone that they love and they might not be blood related but they're family right and uh and a lot of times, like, we are so busy, you know, because, you know, we just came back from a deployment, we lost somebody, but we're training because we're about to go to another deployment. But eventually, that start catching up with us. Start catching up with us because our commands and everybody else don't understand, hey, uh, who's going to go like, hey, guys, stop for a second. You also lost someone. We need to figure out how to get you guys straight before you continue. Because, you know, we've been paying attention to the family for the last six months. Let's take about a few days for you guys, you know. Uh, do, do you experience that? And, and what was your experience with, with things like that, you know, being around the military? Because I know uh, your ex-husband lost a few teammates and things like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I see it. And I think the concentration goes towards the spouse to begin with. And I think that's the best thing to do. But um, I think in the long run that it, it hurts the the teammates themselves, I think it can hurt an individual team if they're not, you know, they're all dealing with their different things and they're not coming together. Um, and then I think it, at a point it wears down on that, you know, the teammate down to it's their family because in the end they're, you know, they're the ones that they're living with every day. So, yeah, I mean, 100%, I think it's a big issue in our, in our system. And did you, uh, did you experience that with your ex? Uh, did you, did you see anything that was going on or, or any, anything that he went through that, that kind of like you go like, Oh man, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. So with, with my ex, he's pretty much withdrawn from the whole team. Um, I'm not sure he talks to many of them um, now, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, he, up until last year, he didn't even want to really reach out to the spouse. I mean, I think it was just not understanding how to deal with it. Um, not understanding his place. Like, what do you do? Cause again, the spouse is the most important thing. So putting yourself, I think like he put himself on the back burner 
and didn't grieve, didn't take care of things how it should have been. So 100%, you know, that I, I feel like the the teammates probably weren't the same. He wasn't the same. So, yes, most definitely. You know, I, I wish that the Army had a program for that. Uh, and unfortunately, that I know of, there's none. There's none to, you know, yeah, you know, once a year they do a little memorial. Everybody goes to the memorial wall or the memorial field and pay tribute. But I think it should be individual teams uh, with their individual teammates. Uh, it should be something for that because, you know, there's a lot of new guys that show up to group, right? And they go to these memorials and they're standing over there and they, they didn't know any of those guys, any of them, Right. But I think if you do it by team, like, hey, you know what? What's going on with this team? What can we do for you guys? Any special event you guys want to do for you guys and your families to commemorate your, your guys? You know, what do you guys need? Something that is special, something that is family, is team, uh, other than just the command, uh, checking the block. We, we, you know, we did the ceremony this year. Uh, it's over. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody does it for that reason, right? But we all know politics and we must do this this year. Uh, yeah, I think there, there's not enough focus on the teammates, on the guys themselves or, or, or the gals, because, you know, there's females that, that lose friends too, right? But there's no focus on them on, on how to help them grieve, but all the focus go to the families. Once again, nothing wrong against taking care of the families, but at some point somebody got to start paying attention to the soldiers themselves. Let's end the stigma attached to PTS. Let's walk it out. A 222-mile rock march dedicated to suicide prevention starts March 31st in Fayetteville. Register to march or donate today. Text 222-NC to 41444 or visit letswalkitout.org. Um, one thing that I think of going through similar stuff with our, our guys and, and everything and having that one day a year that we remember and, and uh, focus on the lost it makes sense what you're saying about the new guys coming in. They don't even know it. Um, when you get a Christmas card or a birthday card, are you the type of person that thinks, okay, I've got to have this on display for the next two weeks and then I can throw it away? Or are you the kind of person that has it on display, puts it in a box, and then brings it out every year and goes, oh, remember so-and-so, they sent it to us and everything. Oh, that was so nice. I wonder what they're doing. Don't forget we got to send them something. So which one of those two are you, JP? Me? Me? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you right now, I got my my, my room. Uh, my mirror over there is full of cars that Grace has sent me from Iraq. And they still, I like, they are taped up to the, to the freaking. Okay, to the that mirror. makes sense. From anybody else? From anybody else? Christmas time, birthday time. Are you the kind of guy that goes, ah, okay, it's been well, two weeks. I can well, I haven't, I haven't received cars in like 20 something years. Okay, so everybody needs to send some mail to JP. But uh, on another note, Tiffany, are you, because you've got the kids and everything, and you have, you know, the, the traditions of holidays, is it two weeks, or do you throw the card out when it's done and wait for the new ones to come in? So I have, I keep them. I'm a very sentimental person. So okay. we all have our individual boxes. And, like, my girls, uh, TAP sends things. The Survivor Outreach Services sends their cards. And I have every one since their dad has passed away that I keep. And it goes in their box. So, normally, I'll keep it. Like, if it's a Christmas card, we'll keep it up throughout Christmas. And then it goes in their box. And, okay, and they so look, you yeah, they look in their boxes every couple of months. And they'll go through and be like, remember when so-and-so sent this? And I'm like, yeah. 
So that's healthy sentimental attachment. What JP and I have is not healthy sentimental attachment. We have a disassociation to a point, and that's what happens to a lot of military members. Um, I was doing a podcast a couple weeks ago with some friends, and we were talking about traditions and sentimentality and everything. And the big rolling machine that is the military uh, cogs, but they don't want us to have sentimentality because it slows the wheels. But like JP's saying, is something that command needs to start paying attention to because that's what keeps the equilibrium of the troops. And we were looking at a couple of units when they started taking away some of those key traditions that are 100, 120 years or longer older, you could see the breakdown of it. Even the new guys, not understanding fully what those traditions were, were finding it very hard to just have nothing, right? So uh, when we talk about loss, that grieving process has to happen. Like you can, you can grieve the loss of a good job and a promotion, like going from one rank to the next is still grieving. You're still moving forward, uh, but it's still a grieving process. Just the same as losing um, a loved one. You know, like if JP something happened to him, knock on wood, you know, tomorrow I'd be fucked up for years, but something happens to somebody else. I don't know, or happen to somebody else and somebody's telling you about it. I don't have that same connection. But if somebody in my unit got hurt before I got there and I'm now part of that unit, well, the pride in me of the traditions of those units is like, yeah, we lost people here, okay? We have something that we we sacrificed over the years and I'm part of that now and I understand it. So it's really, and we have the same problem in Canada, big time right now in Canada. The Canadian forces, my beloved Canadian forces are struggling with the same situation where one of the sergeant majors went in and started removing plaques from walls what Uh, oh yeah and pictures and photos of boys that were or guys that were killed overseas while the war is over and that was years ago stop there's still guys in this unit that were in that tick with them put that fucking thing back on the wall oh that's because you weren't there and you want to yeah it is it really is fucked up and um it's a really interesting thing to look at because it's almost like a cowardly act. I've been using that word a lot lately when it comes to traditions. It's a cowardly act to get rid of a tradition that means something to so many people just because you don't want it to be there. And in the military, we need our traditions. We need that heritage. We need that longevity because we're, if you think people are joining the army to fight for king and country and for the president and all that stuff, no, they're doing it for different reasons. And when we don't get to mourn those that we lose and reflect and kind of lick our wounds and re-strengthen from it. Um, the analogy that one of my uh, foundation partners was talking about was if you keep pulling that scab off and never letting it heal or preventing it from closing up that wound, yeah, it's going to scar, but it's going to grow back with more skin and more just like a muscle. It's going to cover up and it's going to grow back a bit stronger. And that's what the healing process is, is healing and bring you stronger. So the Christmas cards, take a look and see what kind of personality you are. And if you are that person as a leader that isn't sentimental, for your troops, become sentimental. Yeah, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I, you, you got me all choked up now, man. It's like, come on, bro. I can't even talk now. Can't even talk. Um, so just thinking about what, what you just said, I also noticed with people that I know, 
once they retired, I saw this in my ex, once he got out, it was like it all hitting because then he didn't have that daily life to go to. He was at home, not ready to give up the fight. And, you know, it's like he didn't know who he was anymore. And then that's, I think, when some things started hitting because you have that time to think. You have that downtime. And so I think I think that's a big thing within our community, too. You know, uh, oh, sorry, JP. No, no, Nate, going back to what you were talking about history, you know, uh, it reminded me when I joined the army, right? When I joined the army and I was in the 82nd, uh, um, I don't know if they're still doing it or not because I'm not there, right? I haven't been in the 82nd since 1998. So, yes, I'm, I'm young. Uh, but anyways, when I got there in 95, you know, it was important. As soon as you got there, the first thing you learn is, you know, the Medal of Honor winners of the 82nd. You start learning Audie Murphy. You start learning all of that stuff you start learning and then you know what that stuff motivates you you go like man those guys were some badass mofos right there i want to be like them like if i go out i want to go out like them right and and then and then that keeps you going it's tradition is and then you go like you know what i want to be the best soldier i can be because i don't want those guys from the past like in the grave going like who are these freaking clowns taking over for us no no i don't want them to look at me and go like who is this moron man why did i die for this moron you know it's like no i want to be that guy that takes over from awesome and amazing legacy i want to be part of that too you, of course during our time frame uh and uh same thing when i got to group you know when you go to group and and you start learning about the sante raid on like you're like oh man these guys are some were some badass motherfuckers and how sf started and all that and i'm like man Those are some badass dudes. I want to I want to be like them. I don't want to be that one dude. But in order to do that, you got to remember history. You got to have the history. You know, you walk into the SF Museum and you see all the information right there, all those guys that came before us. And uh, if you get rid of that, if you take that museum and you take all that information away, if you take all the books and disappear them, then after that, what are we going to have? Guys that don't know Uh, first of all, they don't know their history. And two, they don't know what they have to fill in for. They don't know what shoes they got to, you know, they got to fill. And uh, at that point, they become, okay, well, what I do from now on is good enough. No, it's not good enough. Look what those guys behind you did, right? It's not good enough. It's not good you, enough. you better step it up. You better step it up. Yeah, that legacy of what came before you and wanting to continue it on down there. Um, one of the things I noticed was that when there was a spouse, because Tiffany's on, so I keep my, it, my brain's going to the spouse side of it, is when the spouses understood the history uh, and the legacy of that unit, it wasn't like they were wearing their rank. It was they were wearing that unit pride. And when it came to the camaraderie between the spouses and the families and, and all that, family day meant a lot more because they were ingrained and I, I, I'm going to use the term bought into what they're contributing. They weren't like, oh, he's going to the field again to, to play silly bugger and do whatever. They were like, no, he's on a mission. He's on a purpose. He's driven for this or she nowadays. Um, I went through with a couple girls. They've had great careers. So I'm just using that term generically, okay? And you know what? What do you identify as? It's fantastic, even if it's a fox. So Don't even get me started with the fox. Okay. Don't ask me what the fox says. So when they buy into that, it's, it's that camaraderie, that legacy, the intensity. And then I also noticed that when I look back, the when we started losing guys overseas, that community came together. We're a small group. We were a small unit. 
they started to come together more and look after each other, not just during that Christmas card time frame, but also afterwards. And there was one lady, she had uh, a large uh, Olympic team, just like you do, Tiffany, um, a national <laughs> team. So th- when her husband got killed, unfortunately, people for years were still checking on her and the kids because it was that community. They bought into that unit and they were allowed to continue to bond forward. And nobody in the chain of command was trying to just, we don't want to talk about this because I don't know how to identify my feelings as a leader. So, yeah. Tiffany, I got two things for you. Uh, One is, did you see on any of the memorials? Because I I know, I know you've been in a few memorials, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. With the military. Uh, I didn't experience anything like this during my time frame, but maybe you did. I, you know, if I went to a memorial, uh, everybody went to the family members, the parents, you know, the the spouses, the kids, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, this and that. I never saw a single command team go to the team and say, go like, hey, guys, sorry, sorry for your loss. Yeah, I, you know, I've never, I never paid attention to that side. So I'm not sure if that, I don't know. I'm yeah. Yeah. I never, I never did. And now one thing that I do, that I do, uh, you know, Charlie Mike's, you know, the, the memorials over there, a lot of times family members come, uh, and they're there for the memorials. Uh, and when the families come, a lot of times teammates come because, you know, they want to be there with the family to give them support, read them. They want to read the memorial, you know, the bio of their teammate anyways, which is great. But one thing, I normally do, and I make a point of, is I go to those guys that were in the team with them, and I give them a hug. I mean, you see me do it. Uh, I give them a hug, and I tell them, hey, bro, sorry for your loss. That means so much to them. It does. It does. It means so much to them. I just give them a hug, saying, sorry for your loss. I bet he was a great dude, and they're like, oh, man, he was a bad. And he, they just open up. All of a sudden, they just open up, start crying. They're like, oh, and they just start telling you stories about him. And you know what? That's, sometimes that's all they needed. They needed somebody who showed them, hey, man, I feel for you. I care. You know, it's okay. You can talk. Other, right. yeah. Otherwise, they'll shut down. They'll shut down. Kind of like Tiffany, kind of like your ex did, right? He shut down. He didn't know how to mourn. And I guarantee you, Tiffany, that he disconnected from the team as well, right? Yeah, he doesn't. Um, actually, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, well, I, re- I don't talk to any of them. And, like, not just teammates, but, like, people he was in with. And I thought, oh, my, because, you know, we haven't been together in three years. So I, I knew he had drawn away once he retired. He had started drawing away from, from the the crowd and when he said that to me the other day it kind of caught me off guard because I've always looked at him like so what little backstory I'll never forget we they had a big award ceremony for um I don't know if it was for first battalion or for group or whatever it was first award ceremony I'd ever gone to and I remember sitting in there just having cold chills almost the whole time goosebumps just thinking holy cow I'm sitting in a room full of these American badasses that have done all these things, you know, they're reading, reading down what they got awards for and stuff. And I was just, I was in awe. And I think from that day forward, and he got two, uh, two bronze stars with Valors that day. And I kind of looked at him that day on the way home and I'm going, who? Like, I, I just, I was in awe, you know? And I still look at him that way as like, 
dude, you're a badass. What are you doing? Like, why are you in this mindset? Why, you know, like, I, why aren't you doing something with all that you have in your head? You know, instead of, you know, he's got a great job. He's doing great. But, you know, I still look at who he was when he was in and, and I see the change and I just, I still look at him like, you're such a badass. What are you doing? Uh, why, why are you thinking this way? Um, and, and it started that day. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I can picture what, I, what we were wearing, what I was wearing and everything. It was just that, that aha moment of, oh my God, you know? Um, and I think that was the click of realizing what kind of people I was among, you know? Uh, so. I guarantee you, you, yeah, he's your, you know, your husband and you knew he was in special forces and all that, but I guarantee you in your heart, in your head, you never thought that he was really such a badass until they started reading those awards and what he did to earn them. Yeah. And it was and <laughs> actually, yeah, it, I don't know. It was just, I'm, I'm still in awe some days. I'm like, cause John Wayne will talk and he'll always say, well, you know, my ex broke his back. We got hit by a carload of strippers in Fayetteville and he broke his back. But he <laughs> no, that is pain. a story right there. How did you yeah, get hurt, hurt your back? A carload of strippers. <laughs> and that's what they put on the paperwork too, which is even funnier. But John Wayne will ask me sometimes, did dad break his back because of the bad guys in Afghanistan? And I'm like, no, baby, we got hit. We got in a car accident. Did you and tell him it was strippers? Well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I guarantee he'll never want to hang out with strippers after you tell him that it was a carload of strippers that ruined his daddy. <laughs> probably, probably. You know what? He's he's got two dollar bills, you know, for for secrets one day when he's an adult, because you know that's what they they give there. So he's got a wallet with some two dollar bills in it that he probably has no idea what he's gonna do. But I'm like, you'll probably use those when you're old. But yeah, he's probably not gonna like any strippers when he realizes that that's who broke his daddy's back. So. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but Tiffany, that, that, I think that is, so that is good and that is bad that you disconnect from the team, right? Because sometimes you need a break, right? And, and sometimes you're trying to figure yourself out. And you're like, okay, I'm going to disconnect for a little bit. I'm going to do some, you know, internal uh, uh, thinking and, and, and reestablish who I am and all that thing. But if you drift too far, from your teammates and from, from who you are. Because let me tell you, at some point, this is who we become, right? This, this is what we like to do. This is our family. And if you drift too far away from that, then you start losing yourself too. And then you start losing your support system as well. Because, you know, when you're close to the team and, and things are going bad, you can pick up the phone and you can call someone and those guys will show up in a heartbeat. They will show up and they don't care what time it is. I mean, they might cuss you out like, hey, man, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. But they'll show up, right? Uh, and, and if you go, like I say, if you go too far away from that, then you start losing yourself. Then you start getting depressed. Uh, you start missing your friends. And the more you miss them, the more you start thinking about the bad things that happen, right? Because when you got them around, they keep you entertained enough where you start remembering the funny things that happened when you were, you know, when you were in a team. But when you're alone, you only think about the bad things that happened when you were in a team. So that's why I, I tell people all the time, man, don't disconnect completely, man. Don't disconnect. I, I know you, you want to move. Got it. Fuck. I'm the, I think I'm the only dumbass that's staying in Fayetteville, right? But, uh, 
like you want to move, got it. You don't want to live in Fayetteville. You want to go to Miami. You're going to go to, but whatever you do, stay connected with the community somehow, whether, whether it is in the SF brothers on Facebook, where, you know, that all the worries about freaking stickers on cars and license plates drive me nuts. But anyways, you know, whether it is in SF brothers on Facebook, whether it is your local SF association chapter, uh, I tell people, man, if you do one thing and that's the only thing you do military related, go find your special forces association chapter. If you're Marine Corps, or MARSOC, your, Mar your Raiders freaking association, whoever the hell it is that you're involved with infantry, Canadian forces or whatever, find that local association or that local group that meets once a month or whatever that might be. And maybe that's all you need to feel complete, all right? Because if you did the military as a career and you get out and you completely disconnect, I'm telling you right now, you're not complete. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's the one thing that uh, Subtle Warrior has been doing for the last five years is helping rebuild that network. Because when you get out, depending on how you got out, why you got out, uh, and what you were working with and who you were working with, that machine keeps going. The unit keeps going. The team keeps going. The cogs keep turning. And when you're out, you're suddenly outside, literally out of what you were doing. And you don't have that disassociation behavior anymore. And the guys you're trying to roll with, they're still rolling at that other speed that you no longer can maintain because you're not on the inside. So what we've been doing is build, doing events so people can network and find that um, new team, air quotes, bunny ears, to keep rolling with because they're not going anywhere. They're not leaving the system because if they leave, it means they're dead and then we'll kick their asses. So we keep building that network and that mentorship and that, that camaraderie on the outside through our events. And um, like I did a, a paintball event one time. We had 150 people show up. We played all day. And I was like, okay, everybody ready to come back next week or next month? And 50 guys said no, but the 50 of us are going to go work on cars and restore some old old clunkers. And 20 of us are going to go play guitars together. And 10 of us are going to do clay pottery. And I'm like, right on. Cause now you've got that community. And like you're saying, JP, you're keeping your toes just enough to be connected and roll forward and keep going. So now they've rebuilt that like-minded group of individuals. Cause it is, it is a freaking challenge trying to relate to civilians. Okay. I, I got three gray hairs from trying to do it. It doesn't always work, but when you have a group of similar guys, I, I've even do not judge me. I have even hung out with air force and Navy guys. Okay. I, I know just on the range. Okay. So it's, it's not really, you know, I'm not gay. My boyfriend is, but it's, it's not bad. It's just a, a like-minded activity because they can contribute to some of the same things. We went through basic training. We dealt with the same kind of instructors, you know, that progression and stuff and stupid chain of command and blah, blah, blah. But it's that like-mindedness that keeps us going. So yep. echoing what JP is saying is try to keep your toes in, even if, and you know what? Some people love to just go out in the world and look for stickers and harass people for, you know, walking on the Sergeant Major's grass kind of thing and complaining about license plates and veterans rights and discounts and stuff, whatever, whatever it is that gets you out of bed in the morning and keeps your mind in that military set and lets you work with other people and keeps you going, embrace it. 
You know, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, the Instagram account. I was, you know, how, how you get all those recommendations on Instagram. And I, and I saw it. I, I watched the story and then I forgot to follow the account. So hopefully I found it again. But uh, what, what I was looking at, it was some veterans, right? SAS guys. So this, this, this Brits, uh, what they did is they all retired and they were in the same predicament that we are. We're like, what do we do? You know, how, how do we stay, stick together and all that? So this group of SAS guys decided, because uh, they, they're not living in Britain anymore. They're living somewhere else. But it's about five or six of them. They're like, well, no, we can relate to nobody around here. What, what do we do now? So they got together and they said, what are we going to do? Well, in the military, in our own way, right? We used to help people. That's what we do. We like to serve, serveless service. That's the that's the reason we serve. So, okay. So what they started doing is once a, once a month, they got together. Some of them did their research. They found like a local elderly person that, you know, they're, they, they started driving around and they found this elder, elderly person that their steps in the front of their house are messed up. So every month they go like, okay, let's get together. Which project are we doing this month? That elderly lady, you know, she needs new steps, this and that. They went and bought all the stuff. They showed up. It's like, lady, yes, stay in your house. We're fixing your steps. And they just build the steps. And they're like, okay, we did a good deed for the month. Mm -hmm. Next month, we'll find somebody else. And, I, and that's what they're doing. But, but they're staying busy. And not only that, while they're building the stuff, they're making jokes. They're making fun of each other, you know. And they're having a great time. And they feel, and they feel this is a team event a team again. Event again. Yeah, it's, it's a team event, and it's a project, so there's a mission, there's an accomplishment sense at the end, and they get to drink beers afterwards and talk about if anybody did anything stupid and nailed somebody's finger to the wall, or if they you know, poured the concrete the wrong way and had to fix it some other way. I, 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 I've seen that same account. Somebody sent it to me. I'll dig through and see if I can send it to you. Um, but it's fantastic because it's a small group that are just doing things on their own terms. Nobody's telling them they have to but they have that sense of accomplishment at the end. And that is the biggest reward. And right now um, I'm putting together something and just talking to a couple of people. I'm like, Hey, they're like, well, how can I help? And I'm like, okay, well, I need you to do this one thing, this one thing to contribute to the project. And they are so happy. They're like, okay, that's my one thing. I'm going to do it. And they come back and they're like, okay, I know you said to do one thing, but I've got like seven different ways I want to look at it. What do you think? And they're so driven and fired up. And you can see the light kind of coming on that fuel gauge, just creeping up towards full instead of sitting at empty with them. Right. And that is, I'm not gonna lie. That excites me. <laughs> and Tiffany, uh, let me ask you another question because you know, the, our listeners are here to listen to your voice, not ours. Uh, so I, I got a question for you. Uh, when, when you're, your ex was going through all that stuff, you know, uh, at some point, depression started kicking in, probably PTSD kicks in. Uh, how did you as a spouse, one, how did you uh, manage to say, identify those signs? And two, once you did, how did you manage to be able to either help him if you could, because a lot of times you can't, or find some other way of helping via a teammate or maybe doing some research or trying to understand. I mean, how did that work out? Well, it didn't work out uh, quite how it was planned to work out because we didn't end up together in the end. Um, you know, we've kind of gone our separate ways, of course. But um, honestly, I, 
gosh, Amy, this is so hard. Um, I, I watched a man go from this happy-go-lucky, and he still is, but it, like not to the extent, and then go on this deployment that was hard on, on the whole team and come home and just be a completely different person. And, you know, I had kids and all that, so I'm like, is it me? What am I doing? Um, you know, I battled postpartum depression, so I, you know, we'd had that stint where he didn't know how to fix me and he gets back and he, I don't know how to fix him kind of thing. And it pretty much just drew a wedge between us because I, I didn't feel like no matter what I did fixed him. And finally I got to that point where I threw my hands up and I'm like, I can't fix you. You have to want to get help and you have to want to do, and I can't make you do that. Um, and, and thankfully he's, he's doing great. Um, but it's, you know, it, it just come to that point where no matter what I did, I, I, there was no, you know, getting him out from the TV or, and that was never him before. Um, there was never connecting with other peers that, you know, and just getting him involved. It was just, he had no, he lost his purpose. And so no matter what I did, it wasn't going to help. And that's one of the things I realized, like, and me and you have had that talk. You can't make someone want to get help. It doesn't matter. They have to have that want to do that. And, and until somebody has that, you know? Yeah. I, I think, uh, that a lot of us went through that point, right. Where we just didn't care. Uh, but yeah, and I, felt like I had to come to a point where I realized it wasn't about me. Um, I wasn't, I couldn't change it. And it, it, he wasn't angry at me. He wasn't upset at me. It was all in, internally and things he had to deal with. So. Yeah, and that's the hard part to explain. You know, that's the hard part to explain to your spouse or your significant other, what your children, you know. I'm not mad at you. This has nothing to do with you. It's me. But at the same time, we we fail to understand, all right, great. If it's not about them, quit treating them like shit, right? And And we don't get that because at that point, we're just so focused on what we're going through that we don't see what we're doing to other people. And uh, And sometimes it just takes time. Or sometimes it takes something to happen in your life to realize, oh, shit, you know what? I've been a dick or I'm doing this wrong. Or sometimes it takes somebody to show you what you are missing. You know, you're missing your children growing up. You're missing this. You're missing that. Uh, and there's some other people that just completely shut down that they really don't even care. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's doing better. Uh you know, it's tough and it's so sad that it ended up right in, in getting separated, going their own way, your own way. But uh, as long as he's healthy now and you're healthy, right? As long as you both are healthy in, in mind and body, right? Then, then I think that maybe that was better than staying together and, and bumping heads for the next 10 years. Right. Oh, most definitely. And that's, you know, that's kind of what, after the emotions settled down, that's kind of what we've said. And we, we parent so much better when we're not together now. And, you know, sometimes I still wish there was an easy button to like go back pre pre deployments and like bring back that guy that, you know, we know that's never going to happen. Um, but I mean, he's an amazing dad and yeah, I mean, things happen, all things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, it is what it is, but it's, it's a funny struggle. It you always talk great about him. You always talk so good about him. People just look at you like, but that's your ex. Why are you, why are you saying he's great? <laughs> and you're like, 
And, and you tell them, because like, I seen you telling them, it's like, because he's an awesome dude. I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> he is. And you know what? I, I support him and he supports me. And it's it's funny. Like, we, I remember the first birthday party that we did after we were separated and, and he come and it was like, okay, everybody's like looking at us all weird. And I'm like, we're like, what? Like, you know, because we, we want the best for our babies. And and that means that we're both in a healthy place mentally and we come together and we're a team and we don't always see eye, eye to eye. And there's sometimes I'm just like, I really just want to knock you out kind of thing. And I'm sure he feels the same with me, but overall, like I, I couldn't have asked, and you heard me say this too. I was like, I couldn't have asked for a better baby daddy. Um, <laughs> you know, we just work together and it's, it, this is how, I mean, we work together so well in the beginning of our marriage and you know, the, towards the end, that's when the chaos happened and it, it just happened the way it did. And, um, yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of another person that I would want to be co-parenting with. He's, he's just, I don't know. He goes above and beyond for, for the kiddos. And, you know, I know if I called him out right now, he, he would make sure like I was taken care of if, if I needed something. So. That's good. Tiffany, if no, you know, knowing what you went through, all the signs that you saw, everything that happened, Of course, you learn everything after the fact, right? But if you could go back in time, one, this is a two-part question. One, what is something you wish you had, resources or whatever, or knowledge that you wish you had prior to all of that starting? And two, what would you done different? Number one, there should be some sort of classes, training, whether it's videos you can go on and watch to explain after deployment what you can expect, um, how to deal with that. It's not to know that if there's a lash out towards the spouse, it's not about the spouse. You know, it's all about what they're dealing with. Um, transitions, because he did medically retire. So there was no classes. There was no nothing. It was just like, bam, one day he was out. And it's like, okay, what do we do now? Um, so a transition class or videos or something to say, hey, they're not just going to get out and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Um, something to show these are these are some things that you may have to deal with and, and give some idea um, as to how to handle that. Because I think there would be way fewer divorces um, if, if we actually had the understanding of how to deal with it yeah and and with transition tiffany the thing is the soldier like we do get you know it's rush right but you get some kind of transition training and they'll tell you what to expect a cap right all that stuff that you go through before you get out but the problem is this 90% of the soldiers when it comes transition time They do not give a shit about all those briefings because at that point they're on the way out and they're like, I'm either in and I do my job, but if I'm on the way out, I want to be out, right? Right, right. And, and at that point, all they want to go is check the blocks, sign my little letter saying I came to this class. That way right. I can get my D214 and get the hell out, right? Yeah. So they're not paying attention. I think you're right. There should be some kind, the same transition or not the same, but similar transition training that those soldiers are getting should be available for the spouses as well, for the family members, so they can understand not only what he's about to go through, but what you are about to go through as well. Because it might end up that you're the only one bringing 
permanent income to the house and he's bringing his little retirement that we all know is not that great. And then by the time that the VA approves your shit, if they do, it's going to take years too, right? So yeah. you might be the only income and you got to be ready for that too. Yeah. And, and I think, so after, um, after he separated, I went and saw a therapist like, okay, this is what's going on kind of thing. But, um, and we've discussed this as well, like having a therapist that isn't familiar with the lifestyle and the understandings of the military and have gone through things like that. Sometimes they don't quite get it. So even though I spent the money and the time to go and do that, and he, and he went to counseling as well. We just didn't get what we needed from those counselors. And I think that's another issue that needs to be looked at within the, the military community is finding therapists who actually understand. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember when I first started doing my, my, uh, VA appointments and going through therapists and the VA PTSD and all that stuff. I remember the first time I was talking to the first, I don't even remember if she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I don't know. It was one of those two. It was one of the, one of the ones that start with a P. Uh, so anyways, I was talking, to, <laughs> I was talking to her and she's trying to tell me all this stuff. And then she couldn't deal with me. So I don't know why, because I'm easy to deal with, I think. And then they sent me to a different guy, the other guy. And finally I told the other guys, like, listen, it's like, oh, you tell me, I'll understand. And I go like, really? Uh, did you serve? And he just looked at me. He said, well, that's irrelevant. I'm like, no, it is relevant. You said we're here to talk. Let's freaking talk. Did you serve? He said, no. It's like, so you, you know, half of the shit that I can tell you, I can't even fucking tell you because you don't even have a clearance to know half of the shit I want to tell you. So I can't. And he's like, huh? It's like, and I think that's a that's another issue. There's a lot of stuff that we can tell. And it, and if we cannot tell the entire story, there's no way we can heal, right? And uh, and it, there's other stuff that we can tell them and they will never understand. They, they will tell you they understand. They will tell you they, they're, they're right there in your mind. They understand what you're going through because they've seen this with plenty of cases of other people. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not other people. I'm me. I'm different. And if you cannot relate to me, to what I'm telling you, then I'm wasting my freaking time. Right? I'm wasting my time. It's like when, when uh, uh, somebody told me one day, I'm not going to say who because it's going to piss me off. Somebody told me one day, he's like, well, he's dead already. Get over it. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, let me... You know what? So, yeah. So shit like that. And, and I actually know a guy that his therapist told him that too. He said, well, your friends are already dead. You're here. Man up now. And I'm like, what kind of therapy is that? Not to interject, but I had a spouse tell me they're all dead. What do you wish you were there with them and died instead? Okay. Well, since now you brought it up. Yeah, it was a spouse. Okay, because one, one, one of my exes. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's it's wonderful hearing Tiffany, who's like, oh yeah, he's a great dad, he's this and this, and, you know, and this is a badass way I look at him. And I'm like, that's amazing. All my exes hate my guts and would tell you all sorts of made up stories about me. Too close Some to the microphone, there, Nate. <laughs> no. So okay, now you're too far. <laughs> far. Is this better? There we go. That's better. 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, the fact that you can talk about him and co-parent is amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a spouse that used, and this is when you talked about the videos for um, after deployments. As soon as I came back from deployment, everything was used against me. Oh, you still wish you were there. Oh, you're acting like this. Oh, you have the thousand yard stare. And I'd be like, I'm just making a snowman with my kids. What are you talking about? Right? Just because he's murdering all the other snowmen in the neighborhood doesn't mean. Uh, but no, you know, honestly, it was, it was used against me. Everything was used against me. So I think those videos would kind of help. And that kind of touches back what I said earlier about how the spouses in the one unit I was in all kind of got together and they were all, okay, this is the history. This is the thing. And they had that relationship. That was a really good way to do it. So when you're talking about those videos, I remember walking through my first PX and I went and they had a book section and I'm like, oh, there's books, something to read. Right. And this is before cell phones really took off. So I'm as young as JP. He's in his fifties. I'm not. So it was a book on divorce in the military, a guide, right? A guide to divorce in the military. And I'm like, wow, that must happen a lot. And then because I was a young private and I was like, oh, geez. And then I realized after my first divorce and disaster um, that, yeah, it does happen quite a bit. And having to coach and mentor my, my well, guys through it. What was so, the first chapter of that guy? Don't marry a stripper. <laughs> Don't marry a stripper. <laughs> Tiffany, don't get offended. Don't marry a woman with more than two kids. <laughs> anyways, so especially if you're this a private. Book. So having a book on right as a private because you got no money. You signed, no, you got no money you, as a private. You got you no re-sign, money to take care of two kids. No, if you resign, just give that to her, and then get a car that has good fuel economy for when you're delivering pizzas after hours. <laughs> Look at Tiffany. She's like, you guys are bad. Yeah. So the books on what to deal with and how to deal with it would be helpful. And then if there was a way, and this is something we're looking at here in Canada through my programs, of getting the spouses to get the education bonus to go become psychologists, you know, the one that starts with a P, and helping veterans because they've lived it from one side and also Military members, when they get out the education bonus and using it towards the mental, excuse me, mental health capabilities, because then you've got people with the clearances, you've got people with the experience and people that you feel comfortable talking to. Um, the one that I used to go to, um, and I, I still does work with our foundation. She's married to one of my former, former colonels, but she never served. So there's certain things that I talked to her about and she go, Oh yeah, my hunch and my husband mentioned this, or my husband mentioned this, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, well, since I know him, I'm like, well, ask him this when you get home, just little things that so she'd be able to fuck with him or whatever." But there was still that little bit of a line where there wasn't quite um, transparency in the conversation, so she would come up with different ways to adapt to it because she was really good at her job. But the ones that are like, "Don't worry, you tell me about it, I'll understand." I think they're using our system as a cash cow and don't really give a frank, frank fuck about us, which is unfortunate. So if we could find a way to empower the spouses to get the education and the members that are getting out to get that education to become counselors and therapists and things like that as kind of a buddy system, how amazing would that be? Oh, yeah. Right? Because then they would be able to make those content and those books and stuff like that. So, Tiffany, I task you with this. 
I have no idea what your business is because we haven't talked about it at all this episode, but you've already got five kids to test this stuff out on. And I know that having <laughs> more than two kids is a psychological adventure anyways. So use use that psychomaniacalism. Yeah, that's a real word uh, that you have with the kids and get more people and see what you can do with that. Okay. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. So, okay. Tiffany, we're, we're getting ready to go towards the end of our podcast, but there's a few things I want to cover real quick. I got I got three questions for you, but before we hit those last three questions, I want you to tell us all about your business. Um, okay, so I own Pinberry Marketing, and little backstory, guys. Everybody always asks me about the name. Um, my sister and I owned uh, boutiques before. Um, she met a guy on Bumble and fell in love and moved away from Fort Bragg. So anyways, I was left uh, at Bragg and I was like, okay, I'm going to rebrand my business because every time we turned around, somebody had named another business the same name as ours. So I come up with, uh, thought about like what, what was around me, what brought me joy, like um, all that sort of thing. And all I could think about was all I see every day is pine trees and berets. And I put, and I come up with the word Pimberay, and I was like, nobody ever, is ever going to copy that. Um, but we do digital marketing. So pretty much we can handle um, uh, social media management, website design, SEO. I mean, you pretty much name it, and we can put it together. And, yeah, that's what I do. And you do amazing coasters, T-shirts. Yeah, we print too. So when I before I went straight into the marketing, um, I'd started a degree in business and um, business management and marketing, and so I was printing T-shirts and stuff like that. Been in business ten years, and a little over a year ago, I got involved in a nonprofit, um, the Rogue to Remember, and um, Will. Um, he is still active duty. He was over the Rogue to Remember. He looked at me one day and he says what are you doing still printing t-shirts? And I looked at him, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you need to go and you need to do your marketing. Like, that's what you need to do. And yeah, it's, I made a decision. It was one of those things I was scared to do and I was scared to like fully transfer over. So um, I still do printing. I outsource most of it now. And yeah, pretty much I, I try to stick to the marketing side of things and outsource everything else now. And but for and, the but people that don't know, she runs the marketing and social media for Let's Walk It Out, 222 Mile Rock March. And uh, it's been amazing. You also run the social media and marketing for uh, Charlie Mike's, right? Charlie Mike's, uh, the Duskin and Stevens Foundation, um, and then some other small businesses. But nonprofits is where my heart is. And that is awesome. And that is awesome. So... I'm going to ask a question before JP does his three questions. Okay, let's test this TBI. Sorry, it's... Is that better? Is that better? How about now? Okay, so... Would you be considering possibly running a non-profit Silkies company for me? Because I want Stay Dirty on the Butt... And the Jester's logo somewhere in the middle of the front-ish. Okay. <laughs> and I'll model them because I've been working on my legs. I've been told I have lovely legs. My grandmother is my number one fan on OnlyFans. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here we your go grandma. again. Okay. I mean, I might have to rethink it now that I know that your grandma is your, your 
main fan. You're, oh, Lord. Oh, now, hold on. OnlyFans is not just for dirty stuff, okay? Just okay. putting that out there. There's true professionals out there, not strippers only. <laughs> okay, where, where do you fall in this? Are you, like, amateur? Or are you, like, where, where do you fall in the category on OnlyFans? Disney. Everything I do, I do professionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, a Silky's line and tank tops. Okay. Veteran, uh, we'll pick a foundation, say, let's walk it out 22. Okay. Two, or three twos, two, two, two. Because <gasps> then we can call the Silkies the two, two, twos. Right? <laughs> We're going to make a fortune with this. But legit, I've been asked to do a Silky line. And if you do That's do this. Cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, then let's do this. Okay. Then we'll call it the two two two, <laughs> and we'll do 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 this. Okay, JP, ask your three questions. Uh, On Thursday, March thirty first, let's walk it out. We'll be kicking off its second annual two hundred and twenty two mile rock march in North Carolina, raising awareness from Fayetteville to Camp Lejeune and back. Let's walk it out is dedicated to suicide prevention and overcoming the stigma often associated with PTS. All while benefiting charities committed to veteran wellness. 10 days, 10 legs, but unlimited potential to be part of the solution. Volunteer, sponsorship, and participant opportunities can be found at letswalkitout.org. Together, let's work it out. Let's walk it out. Uh, uh, Tiffany, before we go into the questions, can you tell everyone what your uh, website is and your social media so they can find your yeah. business? Yeah, it's um, penderaymarketing.com. It's P-I-N-B-E-R-E-T. Um, and my social media, uh, my Instagram and Facebook is Denver Marketing as well. All right. And we, we're going to make sure that in, when we post about this episode, we'll, we'll tag her business of, as well. That way you guys can find it. Uh, Tiffany, real quick. <clears throat> Here we go. Um, so, you ready? Hold on. You're not asking me about a date, are you? Like a previous date, my dating life, are you? Oh, man. I was, okay. You knew I was coming with one of those. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Question number two. <laughs> no, no. So the, the, first, <laughs> the first question is going to be this. Uh, so what do you think that uh, you, you never replied to the question that I asked you about What is one thing that if you could go back, would you would change in the way that everything happened uh, with your ex? I'm not going to leave you, uh, leave you off the hook with that one. Mm -hmm. Like knowing what you know now, go back, what would you change? Or, or if there was anything else that you can change, because if you cannot change anything at all, then there's nothing. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that goes back to no matter what I changed, he had to want to be different he had to want to fix himself okay perfect yeah that 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 answers that you know, i i probably would have gone about like my attitude and demeanor towards him would have probably been completely different um but i mean i don't know that that would have changed anything because it's I, i feel like you know no matter what i did it would still have to be on him okay next question is To any soldier, whether it's male or female, that are listening right now, that are either got a significant other kids or is married, right? Uh, going through what you went through. Now, think about this. You're not talking from the spouse side. What advice would you give to the soldier about 
if they're going through PTSD, through anything like that, what advice would you give them uh, to better their relationship with their spouse? And this is not professional advice. It's just your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Communicate. Um, telling that person how you feel. Um, you know, if I would have realized, I think, how he felt inside before, it would have been different. So I think the communication is the big key. And um, keeping that one-on-one, like, personal time with that, with your significant other is a huge thing, you know, I think as well. Because... You know, I think that's lacking and and a lot of people that continue to date one another stay together, you know. Um, so I think one communication and two continue to date that person um, throughout, you know, don't let don't let that get don't let your personal troubles get in the way of dating your spouse. Maybe that would be the right right thing to say. Yep. Perfect. And last question is now from the other side, what advice would you give to spouses that have to deal with? their spouse going through those episodes? Sure. Um, that's a hard one. Patience. Pa have patience and know it's not your fault. Yep. yep. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that would be pretty much, you know, because I think a lot a lot of spouses are still, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, uh, Tiffany. So, yeah, so for everybody out there, for all, you know, all the spouses that are struggling out there with, with people like me and Nate, uh, you know, understand that it's not your fault. Uh, some of us being through some stuff, some of us are dealing with personal stuff, like internal stuff. Maybe have nothing to do with the spouse. Maybe have nothing to do with, with what we saw in combat or anything like that. Maybe it's just us struggling with ourselves, right? Uh, maybe wouldn't know what the next step is for us. Maybe wouldn't know whether, you know, do I want to go to that new unit or not? Do I want to try that or not? And a lot of times it gets overwhelming. I, I don't care how bad as you are. Sometimes it gets overwhelming, you know, dealing with that, dealing with work, with your family and all that stuff. Uh, and just understand that your spouse is out there, your significant other, your kids. And I tell a lot of people all the time, and I think we, we talk about this plenty of times, Nate, when we say, you know what, if, if shit gets so bad that you do not know what the hell you're still here living for, look at your kids. Take one good look at your kids. And at that point, you'll see why you're here. They need you. They need daddy or mommy. They need you. They need your support. And they need you healthy and they need you to be there, not just your body somewhere walking around the house like a zombie. They need you there. They need you engaged. They need your advice. And, you know, later on, we cannot go back to our kids and tell them, hey, uh, why are you so messed up? Well, dad, for 15 years, you were all messed up. That's all I learned. Right. <laughs> so. So, so think about that, you know, and, you know, you might be mad at your spouse for whatever reason, but never be mad at your kids. You know, you, you got to be there for them and your spouse. She have nothing to do with whatever you're going through. It's not her fault or his fault or he, she, it fault. I, I, I don't know. know. Or their faults. Or, yeah. I, I don't know. See? I'm paying attention. There's all kind of weird stuff now. Like, I don't know non-binary, I, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> so, so yeah, 
And uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for, for that information. Like I said, we we have a lot of veterans. We had a lot of people in the podcast, but we have never heard anything from the spouse side when it came to, to things like that. Uh, in the future, we're actually having another spouse. I believe March we're recording with her. And uh, she's going to she's gonna tell us uh, a different side of the spouse side, which is, you know, every time your husband moves from base, the toll that that takes on the spouse, you know, because <clears throat> we don't see that. We're like, all right, girl, pack up. We're moving to Fort Bliss. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. three years later, all right, girl, pack up. Our career is taking us here. No, dude, not our career. Your career is taking you there. That poor girl needs to pack up and leave her career behind so she can follow your ass. <laughs> yeah. but, but again, I tell people, I, I know there's a lot of my friends, females, you know, that come to me and complain about it. They're like, well, my career is stuck. My career is stuck. And I tell them all the time, it's like, I got a question. Yeah. When you got married to him and you knew he was in the army, you guys made a deal, right? You knew you will have to go with him wherever he go. Yes. Why are you bitching and complaining now? You already knew it. Yeah, it sucks. I'm not saying it don't suck. It sucks. And it sucks that you are the one that have to readjust every single time you move. But you sign off for that. You did. You did. It's surprising when they have to pay the bill for the meal that they signed up for at the restaurant that they ordered the steak at. Right? Yeah. It's going to be interesting talking to her in March 1st. Tiffany, it has been a blast getting to meet you. I've already sent you a message about the Silkies. Okay. Um, and uh, I can't wait to uh, start modeling them and uh, working out in them. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, <laughs> hey, Tiffany, anything else uh, that you want to tell our listeners, uh, whether you're directing your comment to the soldier, first responder, whoever, or the spouses, go ahead. It's your platform. It's yours. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, no, I have an idea for you guys. Are you working on spouses? I think you should look at children as well. Because I know that's a great me, idea. Yeah, I know yeah, for I know me, for my oldest has has made, actually my two oldest, but my oldest most more often has made the um, statement to me that she wishes that like he could go back to who he used to be. And so I think sometimes they're, they're left out and they don't understand the differences when there's, you know, depression or PTSD or it, you know, the transitions, because I mean, us as adults have a hard enough time with it, but you know, teenagers and, and young adults, I mean, to get their point of view, even from like a young adult or, you know, even an adult at this point um, would be maybe a great idea because it's a whole different, that's a whole different ballgame than the spouses as well. That, that's a good idea, Tiffany. Thank you. Yep. That's yep, it, Tiff. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. For everybody, one more time, uh, Tiffany Betts. Uh, she is the owner, CEO, founder, entrepreneur, master <laughs> Jedi of Pinberry Marketing. And that's uh, Pinberry Marketing on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Pinberry pinburymarketing.com, right? Did I say that? That's yes, right. yes. I think I've been on that website plenty of times, so I kind of know it. Pinburymarketing.com. And uh, once again, if you uh, follow Let's Walk It Out that we talk about it here all the time, she's the mastermind behind 
the social media. And when you see a post that is all messed up, that was probably me who posted that one, not <laughs> not <laughs> Tiffany. Hers are awesome. Mine are more ghetto. So, <laughs> so it is what it is, right? Uh, so anyways, thank you. Uh, thank you, Tiffany, for uh, taking the time of being a guest in the podcast. I know we've been talking about it for a while, trying to get you in the podcast. I'm glad we did because uh, it really uh, brought a different perspective. And um, and uh, we needed somebody that was prettier than me and Nate because, I mean, we just killing it here with awesomeness. And now you make us look bad, right? So it's all it's so it's so good. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to VTSR. Uh, and remember, whatever whatever you do, do not do not cash out. Take it away, Nate. Please. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on VTSR. It has been a pleasure with our guest, Tiffany. And, of course, I know you've enjoyed listening to the smooth sounds of VTSR's host and chair and lead singer himself, J.P. Cervantes. And, of course, I know you've been staring at the eye candy. Nate, we look forward to seeing and hearing from you next time. Goodbye for now. <laughs>